KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, another day in the beautiful neighborhood. All is upon us. We have two hours today to talk about all things important to you. And that phone line, 10 of them, is all yours. 314-436-7900, Indeed, we've got uh, weather. Weather is upon us, and uh, the rain is just around the corner stay tuned we're going to keep you up to date right here on uh, kmox we have a live and fully staffed uh, newsroom uh, really ready for you at your service so we keep the very latest updates right here on kmox if you want to join us from anywhere on the globe anywhere that you can get a wi-fi or digital um, uh, cell service it is radio.com radio.com r-a-d-i-o.com take us with you anywhere you want and especially how it relates to this show sometimes i get excited and move along pretty quickly and i talk eh, maybe a little faster than uh uh, well, I get excited. Let's leave it at that. And indeed, if you want to rewind the last 20 seconds, what did he say? There's a rewind button as well as going back to listen to any of the programming shows here on KMOX from the previous week, as well as uh, all replaying the entire home improvement show if you would like. So phone lines right now, two hours, questions and answers, 314-436-7900, toll free, 800-925-1120. With all the rain and the forecast coming up this week, we're going to talk about water management, gutters, downspouts. I've got uh, Helitech coming in. Kevin Strange from Helitech is going to stop by, uh, albeit uh, virtually through the phone lines. So Kevin will call in. We'll talk to him this hour about some of the things that you can do to avoid the problems around your home and if you excuse me notice anything uh, if you notice anything uh, what and who you might call to find out more information 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 keep in mind as we uh live in our homes and spend more time around i urge you to really just take a walk about check out the home go outside see what the health and condition is of your home and uh, let me take you through that right now as you go outside and uh, you know take a look at the roof see if there are any branches debris anything that looks foreign up on the roof of your house sometimes you've seen or at least i've seen drones logs i see uh, plants growing out of gutters that's not a good sign so make sure you keep your gutters and your downspouts clear clean and flowing and verify that with a garden hose if you can if they go into an underground pipe drain which i do advocate as well as helitech make sure those are unblocked and open and freely flowing because just because your downspout goes into a pipe doesn't mean it's draining you know, you've got ground squirrels, critters, debris, uh, things coming out of your gutters from the, still the leaf season a little while ago. So make sure all of that is clean, clear, and flowing. The very least at the bottom of that downspout is a uh, splash block, a little piece of concrete or plastic that disperses the um, the discharge of that water coming off that downspout. I prefer that water to be discharged 
10 feet or more away from your foundation. Some neighborhoods prohibit that to where you really can't, you know, exhaust the water that far away. You just don't have enough room. Houses are close enough together or you can't get that 10 feet space. So anyway, just be, make sure they work. As you look at the roof, though, and continue the walk around outside your house, look at the chimney flashing. Any places where you might have a dormer, a roof window, any kind of ventilation, siding, uh, especially around the gutters and the gutter boards, fascia, overhang, soffit, all that. These are all words for things that happen right up there underneath the roof edge, as well as looking at those uh, vents and making sure visually that they look like they're free and clear and air moves in and out freely through your attic. That's a big deal. The hotter we get, the more intense the sunshine is, the warmer and the more the exhaust of that attic is important, especially as we get into rain, because one of the main purposes of that attic, at least the ventilation, is to remove the humidity and change the air so you bring in fresh air and you move out whatever stagnant trapped air is there because fibrous insulation whether it is cellulose fiberglass um, rock wool whatever it is all of those are effective because they trap air so the dead air is what insulates not necessarily the fibers the purpose of the fiber is to hold those little air pockets in there and then that's what creates the insulation uh, the wetter the air is the more it conducts heat the less effective your insulation is so certainly you want to change the air in your attic a lot and you know in the middle of the US uh, where we are it that you know it's a humid day we invented close here I think uh, if for those of you that have been around for a while 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 we're going to talk about sunrooms water management uh, exterior design and curb appeal I really can't uh, stress this more because as people put up siding windows new front doors sidewalk driveways landscaping landscape lighting roof colors chimneys bricks all that stuff holy smokes if you get the color wrong and it might be just a shade or two off and ladies you know this as you dress yourselves for a nice evening out uh, might be a little bit uh, foreign or not too many recently but color matters and every house has its personality and its color palette every person uh, whether eye color skin color hair color all those things go together to create a you palette uh, and a house has one when you hit it man you can really make a house pop jump and homey feel to where when you come around the corner and your guests that house feels like home or uh, what were they thinking? You know, that sort of thing. So good design is free. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120-800-925-1120. Kevin Strange is going to be with us here just a little bit. And uh, really, that's just because of the weather. We've got rain coming. We're going to talk to you about uh, the things and the ways you can keep your home safe, dry, and as healthy as you can. Because it only it's only your foundation. The entire house rests, depends, and sits on your foundation. Make it a good one. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is Scott Mosby. I am at your service, and I'll be right back for more right after this. All right, back together. Good morning. Scott Mosby here. How can I help you here? Let's uh, go to our phone lines here. Uh, we've got uh, 436-7900. That's 314 436 
800-925-1120. And 800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. Uh, remember, we've got rain coming up later today and throughout next week. If you can hear my voice, rain is part of the forecast. Uh, let's go to uh, Bob and see what's happening. Get started with him. Bob, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, and how may I help you? Uh, well, my question is this. Uh, I've got uh, a yard, and I have a yard service, and the yard is beautiful. And now, of course, it's drying, and they say you need to water so much. And I don't have a sprinkler system. And my home water pressure is at what I could, I guess is normal, 65 to 70. Uh, but I don't have enough outside water pressure to get much out of the sprinklers. Is there anything I can do about that? Is by a certain sprinkler or am I just, that's just the way it is. No, there's two things. Uh, if you think about a golf course, um, you know, the golf course puts out so much water so fast that they depend on pressure. Surely they're not only spraying that water 60, 70 feet out of those sprinkler heads on normal uh, hydrant water pressure. So they do boost that. They're, uh, and we've installed several primarily around irrigation systems where, you know, it's a it's a pump. It looks like a, a water well pump if you've ever had a shallow water, have seen one on a boat dock or something like that. Once the water Water starts flowing or you turn on the faucet it pops on and it boosts the pressure sometimes you need a pressure regulator to keep it from getting too high you know which puts bad pressure on the flow you know on the pump so the pump really has to be right sized if you will but the answer is yes uh, you can do that. It's something that a plumber can put in because there's a little bit of engineering that goes with it. That's number one. Number two is more pressure on a skinny pipe, a pipe too small. Uh, for example, a half-inch hose bib pipe going into your faucet. Uh, more pressure doesn't really increase the volume delivered through the hose to the hose and to a sprinkler head and therefore to your yard. So it may behoove you to upsize that from a half-inch pipe to a three-quarter, and it's really unusual, or at least have your half-inch hose bib pipe coming off, you know, a large three-quarter or one-inch line inside the house. So it matters the diameter of that delivery pipe as well as the pressure. So when you increase pressure on a three-quarter pipe, you get a lot more flow. When you increase pressure on a half-inch pipe, you get a little bit more flow because it still restricts and constricts because the little connection inside that hose bib still goes down to about three-eighths of an inch on a half-inch connection. Mm, okay, so, so you really, even just, uh, I don't even know if it's available, to put on a, a bigger diameter ball cock would not yeah, do that? It, it would, but you need the pipe inside the house to feed that okay. as well. Uh, you know, like in the in in our body, you know, uh, running inside the trunk of our our body are these very large uh, arteries, and then the veins are the little ones further away out in our fingers and our arms. So you need a big honking pipe to deliver a lot of volume fast, and and you know that's really what an irrigation and that's why an irrigation system doesn't go through any of that. They port right off of the supply from and to the house. And they take as much water, volume, and pressure as they can upline to the rest of the house to get past all those problems. So if you went the pump route, since I have two spigots, would you have to have two pumps? Nope. Nope. It would pressurize your entire downline uh, sign. So typically, uh, it depends on how you pipe it. 
But if you pressurize the whole house, which I don't recommend, I recommend you pressurize only the outdoor stuff. So if you have a problem, you have an outdoor leak. I don't want to raise the pressure to 120 inside your house and blow out you know, faucets and you know gotcha. have the three stooches you know water popping out of the water out of the walls situation. Okay, so it sounds like getting getting a hold of a qualified plumber to help me there. Yeah, it's it's a very seldom done thing because uh, it, you know it's like fifty dollars. You know, the guy walks in, turns the screw, and says that'll be fifty dollars. And he says, "Well, you're only here for five minutes." He says, "Well, it's five dollars to turn the screw and forty-five to know which one." Right. You know, it's, yeah. It really matters because the consequences <laughs> yeah. of getting it wrong are a real mess. Right. Got you. Okay. All right. That answers my question. Thank you. Okay, Bob. Thanks for the call. Right. Good question. Thanks for getting us started. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show, and we are live and lively. Uh, I want to uh, welcome our guest, Kevin Strange from Helitech. Uh, Kevin, thank you for joining us. Good morning, and thanks for giving up your Saturday to help the listeners here on KMOX. Hey, how are you, Scott? Fantastic. Good to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, how's life in the Kevin Strange world of Helitech? Kevin Strange and Helitech are very busy. Um, <laughs> we, our business is, is doing very well this year. We've had a good 2020. Uh, I think people being home more, they've looked at problems and issues maybe they've put off in their homes for a while. So we're getting a lot of calls. You know, they've got a little stimulus money. Um, mm-hmm. You know, economically, not people not knowing what's going to happen. I think they know that if they maintain the value in their homes and keep up after their homes, um that's always going to be a plus because that value will always be there. So we've been very busy. Ah, very nice. Hey, we've got some uh, rain coming in later this week. Uh, it may affect us. Uh, but when when it's dry, uh, when it doesn't rain, I know sooner or later that's going to come in St. Louis. You know, we're getting into fewer and fewer rainstorms, though next week uh, is different. Uh, what what uh, things do you uh, at Helitech, what do you address when it gets dry? Uh, when it gets dry, because of the clay content in the soil in this area, as the soil dries, uh, we start seeing it push on basement walls. It can cause settlement. It can cause cracking. Uh, basically, what the homeowner needs to do, if they see any cracks in their basement, different cracks are telling them different things. Uh, from our experience, we can come out and we can analyze that, uh, take a look at it, and see what's going on for them. Uh, we've been very busy since, really, since last August with the water and the waterproofing. We had a winter that was uh, it was kind of a non-snow event, but a lot of rain that continued. We got the April rains in May, but now as the soil dries out, uh, as that clay begins to move, it can cause issues with the foundation walls. So, you know, that's something we'd want them to be monitoring, looking at, and if they have any questions or concerns, you know, we're available to them at no cost to come out at any time to take a look, see what's going on with them. Okay. Kevin, will you stick around a little bit? Let's take a few phone calls, and uh, maybe somebody you can help then. I'll be here, Scott. Thank you. All right. Hang hang on there. Kevin Strange from Helitech standing by here. Let's go talk to my friend Donna. Donna, good morning. Welcome to KMWX, and Hi. how can I help you? Well, I think I have a timely problem here. My basement was leaking water, and... Uh, to make a long story short, it started after a tree was brought down, and I think that our downspouts are draining into some tile underground, and those we dug out an area and found that there's some cracked tiles. 
So now I've messed, uh, I've got a dilemma here of how to repair something like this. Um, Crack tiles under the ground, and I'm just not sure where to go or where to begin with this. I don't know if it's a costly problem, if it's a major excavation. I'm, I'm just not quite sure. Can you give me some pointers or some ideas here? Yeah, let's uh, check in with Kevin. Hey, Kevin, can you help Donna? You're on Good the right morning. track, Donna. The, hi. The first thing we always want to do with any homeowner that's having any water in the basement is we want to get all the water away from the house we can. The first step is the homeowner making sure the gutters are clear, and then the gutters being clear will let the downspouts work. However, if the downspouts stop working and it's not getting that water away from the house, then those will need to be addressed. We also do the downspout extensions to help our homeowners. Um, so many times, if they've been under the ground for a long time, you know, it's 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 just not a good idea to try to dig them up, find out where the problem is, because you may solve one problem, there may be a problem somewhere else. We recommend in those situations that you just rerun the downspouts. Uh, we do them in the hard PVC that's got a liner in it that will keep tree roots from hurting it down the road. So rather than digging up your whole yard to find a problem you may or may not be able to solve, uh, we just come and trench those downspouts in and run them down in that hard PVC and then get them to a pop-up. Well, of course, that would mean pulling up a whole garden area, which would be traumatic for the plants, I think, as well as um, having to redo the garden area, too. It's quite a long distance. It's probably about... 20 feet where we found it and we did stick a um, um, a blower down the downspout area and we could see that air was coming through it it just looks like the pipes are all cracked where the tree was removed and then probably when they uh, ground up the stump that might have been what broke the the, the tiles so you're, pro- you're probably right there and I know even though it would have some impact the trench is only about six inches wide I see. Um, so the minimal amount of impact it would have, the plants could come back. And I'm the last one. I love landscaping, too, to run any homeowner away from their landscaping. But keeping the basement dry is the priority. True. Uh, I think probably the best thing you could do is call the office. One of our project analysis guys would come out. Uh, okay. You may not have to run the way you're thinking. You know, these guys are used to setting up these systems day after day after day and uh, have a lot of good input as to how to get that water away, uh, you know, as economically as possible and to cause the least amount of disruption to your garden area. All right. That sounds like a a good plan. Okay. Uh, All right. You can call the office at Uh 1-800-246-9721. Got it. Ninety-seven twenty-one. Okay. And they'll make an appointment. We'll get somebody out there and take a look and come up with a solution for you. Thank you, Kevin. I'm very grateful. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. All right. Have a good day. Bye now. Thanks, Don. All right, Kevin. That uh, you know, I mean, uh, putting a new pipe in, uh, you can choose how to get around that garden, perhaps. Whereas uh, exactly. going in to fix an existing, uh, you know, you might be doing some uh, full garden surgery. Oh, you could dig up the whole backyard to find the other stuff, and then if you got one fixed, you know, if you didn't dig it all up, so. Just better to just reroute it, uh, put it underneath the ground. We put it down to material that tree roots will never impact because we put it down in the harder PVC that's lined on the inside. And and I think if uh, she'll call and make an appointment, I think one of our guys will get out there and come up with a solution that will work for her and the basement and the garden. Okay. 
Thanks, Kevin. Hey, let's take a short pause and come back for more. Kevin, will you stand by, my friend? I'll be here, man. Thanks, Scott. Okay, Kevin Strange, Heel Attack here on KMOX. We're going to take a short pause and come right back for more. All right, back together, home improvement. Scott Mosby here from you or with you from KMOX, and we've got Kevin Strange from Helitech standing by. Uh, Kevin, uh, tell me about some of the other things as far as uh, oh uh, the the fiber reinforcing. You 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 all use some pretty high tech materials in some of the applications. We do. I think probably the highest tech material that we use is in our basement waterproofing. We use a product called Hydroway 2000. It was developed by Monsanto, and we use it exclusively. It's our secret sauce, if you will, to uh, eliminating the water in people's basements, whether it's coming through the cold joint or whether it's hydrostatic pressure. Uh, others might use rock and pipe. Uh, we have issues with that, that that over a period of time that it can clog. Uh, to keep it from clogging, there's maintenance involved. Our product is guaranteed to never clog once we put it underneath the floor. And, you know, stopping the water problems, it's not a pleasant thing, but you don't want to do it twice. So we've been putting this underneath floors for over 30 years and have never had an issue where it was ever stopped up. That's probably one of the most premium items that we use as far as technology is concerned based on the uh, production of that and uh, from our company and and from uh, Monsanto that developed it. They developed it years ago to take care of drainage on highways, golf courses, and athletic fields. And we found it to work excellently in in the basement waterproofing situations. Well, another thing I find interesting is you actually do install this product. Not only are you home basement waterproofing experts, but you do, uh, you know, athletic fields, uh, parks, uh, highways, things like that. It's there. There's a lot more to Helitech than uh, people know. Yeah, and we can use it. You know, we install it in people's backyards. If they have a negative slope, a lot of times the builders just, where can I plug in a house and how can I get to closing? But, you know, sometimes big hills, water, a lot of water coming down from other neighbors. We can also install this just in a very narrow trench, and it controls the water, and then we control it around the house. And many times, as I've said, uh, the downspout extensions, the hydroway out in the yard, uh, you know, if we can capture that water, then you may not have a problem with water entering your basement. So we always try everything we can on the outside of the house to solve the problem. And that's not a negative thing. Uh, if we have to make a move further into the house, we've still done a very positive thing by moving that water away from the house because if we have to work inside the house, then there's some pumps running less. Uh, there's less activity in the home. So, uh, you know, we understand the water. Uh, being a foundation company, I think that's what's important. There are a lot of people that do waterproofing. But, you know, you really need to understand how a foundation works, what can happen, you know, with the water, what can happen with the expansion and the contraction of the, of the clay soils that we have in our area. And I think when people call Helitech, um, they can be confident that, that we're, we have expertise in all those areas. And it puts us in a better position to be able to analyze their project and come up with the most economical solution to help them with their problems. Okay, well, you stick by. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, let's talk to uh, Harold. Hey, Harold, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, and how can I help, sir? Good morning, good morning Scott. Uh, I've got two quick, two quick questions. Mm-hmm. I live in Baden, and uh, from the 1960 home, 
and it had a, a room addition on the back. And it sits on concrete blocks. One of the blocks has a, seems like a sink, and one corner is running down, makes the floor uneven. I've been told that you can uh, take a hydraulic jack and just jack it up. But I've also been told you have to have a professional do it. Who has to do that? And the second question, uh, if I want to lift my dryer, my washer, about the floor, where's the best thing to set the, set the wash on? Uh, well, as far as uh, the concrete block and uh, raising your house up, uh, that has to be done by really uh, somebody who expert in structures. And as far as raising your washer or your dryer, uh, Harold, there may be uh, an application with a pedestal that that uh, you know Maytag or Kenmore or Samsung, LG, whoever makes that washer dryer. There's a pedestal that's about 18, uh, about 12 or 13 inches tall that can raise that up to get you a little bit higher. Otherwise, you're building something either out of steel or wood, pretty structurally sound to hold that up because of the shake and, and moving. So raising it, I would recommend the pedestal. And uh, let's see what we can get from Kevin Strange on uh, lifting a house up off of some failed and failing concrete block foundation. Uh, Kevin, any help? Yeah, the best thing Harold could do is call the office once again, get one of our project estimators out there. Um, there's no cost for doing that. You know, we can evaluate it from the outside. We can get up in the crawl space, evaluate it from the inside. We can run the laser. We can find out if there's settlement. We can find out where the settlement is. Um, and then uh, addressing the footing underneath the block wall, we can do peering that will either bring that back or stabilize it so we can stop the problem that's going on or bring it back to level. And then once the homeowner does that, it falls under the Helitech life of the structure warranty. And the, uh, the obligation is on Helitech that we're going to do that. And we're going to do that. Right. Being a structural company, it's something we do all the time to basement walls. We do it to block foundations, but each uh, application is a little bit different. And so the best thing he can do is call the office. We'll get someone out there and we'll assess it for him. There's no charge for that. And we'll tell him what our recommendations are to take care of the problem and then get it under the Helitech Life of the Structure Warranty. Thank you, Lot. Thank you. Okay, Harold. Thank. Good sir. luck with that foundation. Scott, I better say happy birthday to my mom today, who's 88 years old. Wow. If I get off the radio and don't say that, I'll be in trouble. The queen so awaits ha- the birthday greetings. Happy birthday, Mama. <laughs> Kevin, thank you. Uh, we're going to take a short pause now because we just can't top a happy birthday to an 88-year-old mom. Mother's rule. There we go. I, we're going into Father's Day, but, you know, you just can't, you just can't top a mama. All right, Kevin, thanks. Let's take a short pause on KMOX and come back for more after this. All right, I want to thank Kevin Strange of Helitech for stopping by, phoning in, and helping our uh, listeners and serving our listeners as well. Kevin, uh, thank you for your time and stopping by. Thank you very much, Scott. It was good to be with you today. Great. Hey, how do people contact Helitech? Well, they can always uh, check us out online at helitechonline.com, or they can call our offices to schedule an appointment for an evaluation of their issues at 1-800-246-9721.
Kevin, thanks for coming in and uh, giving up your busy Saturday to help us. All right. Thanks, Scott. Have a good weekend. Have a good right. Father's Day. Thank you. You too. All right. Kevin Strange, Helitech. Uh, let's go to the phone lines and uh, let's uh, talk to my friend Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Welcome to Camo XR. How can we help? Well, yeah, Scott, I got a attic fan I'd like to get rid of. Is it feasible? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this the one that's up in the ceiling of your house? It's a whole house fan and exhaust through the attic? Yes. Okay. Those are actually, um, they are often removed because they're so hard to insulate during the winter. Uh, so, yes, they can be removed. Typically, the electrical is uh, reduced or disconnected from the wall switch. Wall switch remains, uh, and then typically the fan comes out as well as the louver, drywalled over, wind up painting at least that hallway. So you bet. It's, uh, it's you know, it's, it's as tough taking it out as it is putting them in. Uh, can you do that? Help me do that. Oh yeah, yeah. As well as that, I mean, we'd really like to assess the attic ventilation as well. If we get a look see to take a look and make sure, because many of these vent fans are just stuck up in a regular vented attic, and attic whole house fans require five times the normal exhaust well that's a good thing but when you remove that fan if they did it right there are adjustments to be made if they did it wrong there are adjustments to be made so it's a thinking man's game it's not just pull the fan out but it's pull the fan out and then make sure your attic works correctly i catch you on that one call your company yeah, give us a call uh, at uh, 314-909-1800-909-1800. Or you can uh, log on the website at callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. All right, Scott. I appreciate it. All right, Bob. Take care. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camwex. Uh, there are new attic fans, whole house fans, that uh, if you know anything about coolers and walk-in coolers and restaurants, uh, there are big panels on a walk So where a restaurant would keep all its refrigeration, usually they're a 10 by 10 walk-in room called a walk-in cooler. Well, they're metal on the outside, metal on the inside, and somewhere around two, three, or four inches thick of high-efficiency foam. The ceiling fans now for the ones today, because of the insulation and the air leakage and all that we've learned about moisture management, healthy home, you know, mold inside the walls, all that stuff, they actually have insulated doors that close automatically motor driven and seal over the top of a much smaller fan so instead of having a big 36 inch fan blade looks like a uh, you know propeller for an airplane it's uh they're much smaller they're more like very large bathroom vent fans and they'll put one or two or three of those inside of a 16 or 24 inch space and then they put these high-tech moving highly insulated sealed doors so uh whole house fans are available they're not as large they don't move as much air but they also don't leak in the winter the same way uh let's go to uh talk talk with uh, ron hey ron scott mosby here home improvement how can i help sir yeah thanks for taking my call i love your show yeah uh we built a home in 1997 23 years ago and we're we have our own septic system and i've never had it checked or uh, cleaned out is that something i should do even though i'm not having any problems Absolutely, yeah. That kind of time. What what happens um, here, Ron, is there um, the 
aerobic. Basically, oxygen feeds a bacteria. The bacteria digests the organic waste, and then there's a an, um, a non-oxid. So there's a sludge that drops to the bottom of the tank. Uh, that sludge is typically it builds up, and after that many years, you need a you need a tank cleaner, and they and literally to have your tank pumped. And if you check around town in the area where septic tanks are, there are they, they come out in the big tank and they pump the sludge out, and then they actually leave a little bit in the bottom because that sludge has a whole lot of that bacteria in it. So that's what keeps that charge. Or you know, I talk about Ridex and things like that. But uh, it's inexpensive. Uh, it's a bad thing if you don't get it done. But even if you have it pumped and your tank is in really good shape, you know, preventive maintenance, you know, an ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure, I, I would definitely call, you know, with slang, we call them honey dippers, uh, uh, but it, it's a pump service uh, and a tank service, and they'll come pump your tank and usually check out the rest of your house. Yeah, well, I've had some people say that if you haven't any problem, don't mess with it. And other people said, oh, yeah, you're past due, so... I uh, I thought, uh, well, you could give me an answer on that. Well, I, I'm a preventive maintenance guy. I go to the doctor at least once or twice a year. I just want to know if I'm okay. And when you're talking about, you know, a septic system, which today replacing a, a drain field septic system, you know, you're twenty to $50,000 because of the new EPA rules. When your house was built, you know, there were these sets of rules. We're two or three more iterations of more restrictive. So you would, if you go to replace that drain field now, not only will it cost you more, you'll need twice as much area to dissipate that moisture so uh anything you can do to keep your insurance policy meaning maintenance program of your septic tank and drain field it, it's just a it's just a cheap preventive maintenance issue i i advocate sure. strongly okay well i thank you very much i'll take your advice you bet ron good luck take care thank you you know, one of that's kind of a funny thing because uh, um, people who pump septic tanks for a living, these guys have personality. I mean, you know, every truck driver, I'm in the construction industry. So, you know, one of the byproducts of a relationship is the truck driver comes and usually tells us a joke. Well, you get a guy who pumps septic tanks for a living. Usually they're pretty card. You know, they're, they're pretty um, colorful personalities. So... Oftentimes, I, I wind up with my side hurting because of, you know, all the septic tank pumping jokes that come with these rascals. Uh, phone lines here, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, next up, let's see what's going on with, uh, uh, oh, you know what? I, I can't do that. I've only got about 20 more seconds. Uh, hold the line here. We'll get you an hour two. We've got news, weather, and sports coming up here, uh, top of the hour. And stay tuned. Uh, we've got uh, afternoon programming here on KMI always good. Stay tuned here on University of KMOX. Okay, Scott Mosby here. Our two lunchtime bean time strap on the feed bag. We're going to have a midday show of the Helitech Home Improvement Show. This show has been going on for far over a half century. Uh, I know I'm the latest uh, person to sit the seat, and this show has, oh gosh, very, very long, old, long-standing roots, because everybody lives somewhere. If you live somewhere, something needs attention. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be updated. It wore out. needs to be replaced. Sometimes a new... Um, 
makeover because you're in an, a neighborhood and then all of a sudden it turns out to be the neighborhood and the way the house lives, the what the, whatever the feature that the house was built around, uh, just needs to be uh, more engaged. For example, when we oftentimes, at, at my day job, if you will, is Mosby Building Arts. Uh, we've been around for 70 plus years. I'm a second generation uh, uh, builder, remodeler, carpenter, or, you know, call in my dad's day, it was called a master builder. And really, it's uh, I know a little bit about a lot. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot about any one thing other than when you get into structures and carpentry, framing and, you know, trims. And, you know, I, I know wood. Um, I know drywall, uh, metal and wood frame, things like that. But in the later years of my career, I became a team builder. It became aware to me, or I became aware and obvious to me that, you know, putting the right people on the team, uh, if you will, just like uh, you may not have um, the best running team, and it could be a personality. It could be a communication style. It could be trade skills. But for the most part, at Mosby Building Arts, we have extraordinary trade skills, and the culture of uh, caring is kind of what I look at. So anyway, my point is that I became kind of a uh, team coach as well as a trainer uh, like what I do here on KMOX, oftentimes it's uh, listening to the question below the question below the question. You know, it's like, well, I want to take out my door. Uh, can I do that? Which, you know, then it, there's a question that's a structure. But the question below that is, am I safe? Can I do this? Is this a good idea? So oftentimes I'll answer three questions when I hear one. And it's uh, really because I, I do this all the time and, and, and frankly aware that when, you know, people know what they know. What we do here on KMOX is we talk about the things that you don't know beyond uh, and that's where experience counts. And frankly, I've been doing it for over a half century myself. And I love it. My gosh, I get to go outside. I get to be inside. I'm with people. I'm with creative people. I'm with technical trade people, uh, engineers, architects, uh, kitchen designers. Some of the most beautiful wood finishes I've ever seen in my life are coming out. Anyway, it's a it's a great great thing to do and then I get to come on KMOX and share with you all the things that I love not a bad deal I enjoy this so I drink coffee I talk and I get paid for it yeah I wonder about it's like really is, is that possible? So anyway, I love this, and I enjoy coming in on Saturdays. Phone lines here today, 314-436-7900, anywhere on the globe. That's toll-free, 800-925-1120. Uh, and I think we'll fire up. Uh, we've got some patient people calling from uh, the first hour. Let's see about my friend Doug uh, and see if we can get to him. Hey, uh, Doug, are, are you still there with me here on KMOX? Uh, yeah. Good, good morning, yeah. Doug. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Thanks for the show. Um, I've got some 80-year-old copper gutters and downspouts mm -hmm. that probably need to uh, uh, be replaced. And I have seen or heard that there are, like, fall aluminum gutters that look like copper or fake, mm -hmm. you know, aluminum copper uh, gutters. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about that, or are you experienced with anybody who has those? Uh, yeah, it's really just a finish. Um, alum 
aluminum is a painted baked on material so it's pre-finished metal it comes in a roll of flat stock and you run it through what's called a brake or a gutter shaping machine and it comes in a flat like a scotch tape roll on one end and out comes a gutter on the other so the copper finish is a high tech i mean now with ceramic tile looking like uh wood uh vinyl floors looking like wood or marble with that imprint technology it's now getting to the exterior of homes so you can get colors and finishes not exactly quite like uh copper but when you get to the uh, um, uh, the tanned out deep rich color of copper not the patina green but when it tends to you know be 40 years old it's just a dark color kind of a copper or bronze almost right. yeah yeah those those uh, colors are available and, and we frankly put those gutters up uh, as well okay thanks yeah, you bet, Doug. They're available. Also, by the way, there are pre—excuse <coughs> me—pre-made gutter pieces. So um, there are copper gutters already in the OG OGEE, which is that profile with the little bendy thing in the bottom, the flat bottom, flat back. So there are real copper gutters that are prefabricated or come out of a coil stock. Not too many people because of the way it rolls out. So this is a factory-made material. We go buy the pieces, and then we put together copper gutters as well. Uh, that's not to be mistaken for the old-school real copper guy sheet metal shop that made these gutters uh, by bending them on a brake and then soldering them together in uh, sectional form. So the actual mastery, beauty, old school wonder, uh, the trade skills of that almost magical beauty um, is is different. That's what's coming off. The problem with all those 10, 12, or 15 foot sections, every so often there's a there's a solder joint yeah there's the achilles heel because the solder doesn't last nearly as long as the copper and as doug was asking you know can i get the best of both worlds can i get a bronzed out aluminum look uh, aluminum gutter with those advantages Uh, but keep in mind even with seamless aluminum gutters uh, finished in whatever color you want it still also comes down to the joining of where there's an end cap or an outside uh, corner or an inside corner. Those all get, um, you know, soldered with today's material, which is a silicone caulk. Silicone caulk lasts about the same amount of time as the uh, solder did. So uh, keep in mind that you have uh, other choices there as well. Uh, we're into hour two of home improvement. We're talking about sunrooms, the opportunity to be out in the heat and the humidity in a nice uh, room also with the rain coming uh, later today tomorrow and next week water management uh, taking care of gutters Uh, we're talking about gutters today and just now and the exterior design the curb appeal of getting the right color for example replacing gutters doesn't seem like a big deal but if you get the color wrong it's like choosing the ties. So for men, we pick out a suit, we pick out the shirt color, and then we pick out the tie. If we get the tie right, it bridges the gap between that suit fabric, the the shirt color, and any accessories we have. And if you get it wrong just a little bit, if you get the color of that gutter wrong just a little bit, 
it looks like a swing and a miss, you know, and so that's what it's all about for exterior design and curb appeal is just getting those simple things done right. Uh, phone lines here today. Phone lines are open for you now. I welcome your calls. 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. Anywhere on the globe. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. We're in our 70 plus year. I kind of have lost track of that. We were founded in 1947 by my by my father, Sam Mosby. Uh, very proud to be his son uh, and to have really the responsibility and the opportunity to run his company because it's it's really um we have served um multiple generations we're into five and six and seven generations now uh because of the various ages of our clients over the years and it's just an honor to serve and then to be here on X with a company that's nearing a hundred years old you know we thought we had it going on at mosby and all of a sudden i sit the seat here at X, you know where talk radio was invented oh well that's 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 a little heady. Uh, so anyway, I I really am honored to be here with you on KMOX as well as with my day job at Mosby Building Arts. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, KMOX, I am at your service. We'll be right back. All right, enough of the moonwalk. Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show, and we are into summertime, rolling up to the uh, summer solstice. Yeah, and uh, Father's Day coming up uh, soon, uh, tomorrow. Actually, one and the same, June 21st. Isn't that the uh, longest day of the year, as, as well as uh, hmm, Father's Day? So to you fathers, happy Father's Day as well. Uh, happy uh, Father's Day to my deceased father, who... Um, uh, taught me pretty much all I know. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's talk with my friend Dick. Hey, Dick, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on Campbell. How can I help? Let me describe our problem. Uh, Our kitchen is above our crawl space. We noticed that uh, on the outside wall uh, at the bottom that it was very damp. And uh, I I dug a small hole there and uh, it it filled with water uh looking into the uh through through uh into that crawl space uh there's water on the floor and there's water uh, on the uh on the wall uh, the outside wall and uh I, I I imagine that the the pipes are not doing well. <laughs> well, everything won't be doing well with that much water. If you have um, uh, crawl spaces, are uh, effectively a swimming pool underground. So if it's below grade, if it's lower than the outside soil, which oftentimes it is, it then is. you need to. Tr- well, then you need to treat it like a basement with a, uh, you know, like a hydroway waterproofing system. Uh, so because removing the standing water then lowers the humidity, lowers the wet walls inside. Uh, all the floor insulation is virtually worse, worthless when the air is that wet inside. And the smell and what you're growing in that Petri dish of a concrete bowl is not good either. I, I would most definitely guide you to, to Helitech right away post haste because the, the crawl the crawl space is not concrete. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dirt on the floor. On the floor, 
Yeah, that's okay. It still needs to be drained properly, and it's still a below-grade bowl-slash-swimming pool um, that needs to be managed. If you're below-grade, whether it's a it, uh, crawl space it, or a basement, it's got to it, be dry. It's at the same grade as the rest of the basement, and the rest of the basement is completely dry. Okay. Well, there's uh, could, it, could it come from the? Could that water come from a broken pipe? Uh, it could. Uh, if you have a broken pipe, you would typically have a recurring and gushing situation. If it was suppliers, you know, uh, potable water, you'd have a flood, and it wouldn't stop until you fix the pipe. If you had a drain pipe, you'd have a really nasty smell from the sewer. Um, I suspect, and with the rain we've had here in the last three months, the soil is most definitely uh, saturated. I suspect that water's just coming up from the ground and around the surface water around it. Uh, it's it's a big deal. It, it's not easy to fix either because there's seeping water, which is a factor, but there's also surface water. Uh, yep. But it, it's important to fix. And who, what a, who should we call to start with? Will the plumber be the first one to call to, to inspect the pipes? No, I would I would actually start with a foundation company uh, because a foundation company. <laughs> yeah, like a Helitech, uh, you, you know, waterproofing because basically you have excessive water in a basement type situation, and they you know if they they'll find this is what they do is inspect foundations. So I would definitely you know if they need a plumber, then you know they'll let you know it's a plumber. But uh, I suspect there's quite a few things going on with this. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, Dick, I don't have real good news for you. You've, you you're going to need some help. All right. Thanks for the call. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. And indeed, um, excessive water. Uh, we have learned that the excessive water in the wintertime, think about this. If you have a moist or a lack of a uh, plastic or, or um, liner on the floor, of the dirt, you know, dirt crawl space, um, the amount of moisture that comes up through that will likewise permeate and cause most of the same problems. But when you have standing water, wow, uh, you have a drainage problem. And sometimes the only way to do that is to put in some sort of a collection hydroway type thing and an exhausting sump pump to get rid of it. And then once you're finished with that, the humidity and the ventilation and the dehumidifier that goes in there as well. If you don't do that uh, effectively, you, it literally is a petri dish because in the summer like this, warm, moist uh, situations with organic food being wood structure of the floor above, it's a big deal. Uh, let's see what's happening here, and uh, let's talk to, uh, how about Winnie? Let's see what's happening. Hey, Winnie, Scott Mosby, uh, how can I help you here? Hour two of CamoX. Hey, uh, hi, Scott. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'm calling with regards to companies that have gone out of business, in particular St. Clair, and so went their guarantee. Do you know who took over St. Clair's business or what? They folded it so that they didn't have any. Basically, when they went out of business, um, their guarantee stopped. Nobody picked up that business. No one picked it up. Yeah, and they're, bus- they're business ways that you buy the assets of the company, which means I bought a truck. 
but I didn't buy the liabilities of an existing warranty. So, you know, it's it's, it's a way to dump uh, warranty responsibilities. It's not ethical at all, but uh, no, there's I don't think there's anybody honoring the St. Clair roofing at all. Okay. All right. Thank you much. I appreciate it. Yeah, my apologies, Winnie. I mean, uh, uh, it's a bad mark for my industry, and I'd love it to be different, but it's not. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, We'll take a short pause here and come back for more on the University of Camwell. Scott Mosby sitting the seat today, and I am truly at your service. All right, back together here. Let's go to the phones on KMOX. Uh, We've got all kinds of things live and lively. Let's talk to my friend Glenn. Glenn, good afternoon. Lunchtime KMOX. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. My question is this. I recently had a rooftop deck put on uh-huh. on my flat roof, and uh, everything was fine for about two months. Now there's a big hump on the deck surface, and it's we're not sure. The contractor's not sure if the 2 by 10 twisted or... Um, have you ever encountered or heard anything like this before? Absolutely, and I know exactly what it is. Uh, how close to the uh, roof material is that 2 by 10 or structure below? Uh, it's sitting on the roof. Okay, think about this. Um, here's what you have. The bottom part of that structural member, and it's a very strong piece of lumber, um, so what it has is high fiber stress, which means it's it's gnarly, it's strong, and if it wants to warp, it's going to warp. The bottom part of that board stays wet virtually all the time. And when it's not raining, it's still high humidity down there because there's very little ventilation. The top edge of that board is sun-baked. So the top edge is shrinking and getting shorter. As it gets shorter, it humps up and it's crowning or bowing or warping. And if you replace that board, it will do it again. Uh, the problem is picking a material. Um, and where I'm going here is is almost kind of a steel or a, a treated glue lamb, which is a two-inch thick plywood material that's treated. Uh, you've got to find something that is strong enough and stable enough and that's where plywood is. For example, on a floor interior, when we put it down over concrete, we just can't put a piece of wood because the concrete on the bottom will stay moist and the top will dry and it will warp and pop and, and fail just as your deck is. We've built quite a few of these things, and um, it's not our favorite project because it is a uh, 9 out of 10 complexity to plan it and materially supply it correctly, putting it together, uh, and this is the experience part, uh, is, you know, that's the tough. So to really do it right, it's a pricey little mess, but I, I assure you the bottom of that board and, and others are getting shorter uh, because it's wet and the top or is getting longer because it's relaxing and the top is crowning. Uh, we have the same problem on posts sometimes where you have a 4x4, 6x6, 8x8 on a post deck and the sun hits it from the south. You know, that post will turn into a half moon over, you know, one summer because the north side stays moist and the south side gets dry. So that's what you're up against here, Glenn. Hmm. How much space 
do you need from the bottom of that two-by to the surface of the roof to give it enough breathing room? Uh, the more the better, and, and that's where, and venting as well. So this is akin to an attic ventilation situation. If you don't properly ventilate an attic, all your rafters, ceiling, joists, beams, trusses, all of that stuff starts warping and moving as well. So ideally what you're looking for is a 6 or 8 inch structural member strong enough to span you know, that 2 by 10 distance, which is probably 10 plus to 16 feet long. Um, so that you get an airspace underneath it, as well as some ability for the debris, the leaves, and the stuff that gets underneath there, and then a way to remove that section, you know, to stick a leaf blower down there and blow the leaves out once or twice a year. Uh, so the more the better, but at least two inches. If it's down on the decking itself, and part of it has to be, you know, because that's how you transfer the load, um, you know, the more the better, and the less you have, the more air you need moving through there, and that would be some sort of a fan system. Well, you know, that's outdoors. That doesn't. So it's it's a big deal on choosing the proper material to carry the strength and the span without being so subject to the moisture. Okay, okay. I wish I now, like- here, here's what I would do, Glenn, um, uh-huh. with where you are now. Um, I would uh, replace that uh, board. But when I replaced it, I would turn it into a flitch plate, F-L-I-T-C-H. And what that means uh, is putting a band of steel next to it uh, or aluminum plate. Because the good thing about a 2 by 10 is it's 9 inches tall or 9 and a quarter inches tall. So if you through bolt a, an aluminum plate on both sides of that, and, and this is kind of, you know, an aluminum beam would have been the perfect thing to put down there because it doesn't care about moisture. It won't warp. It just, you know, stays aluminum. Uh, but I, I would then sandwich, and you need through bolts about every 12 to 16 inches. This is something that would be designed by a licensed structural engineer or an architect. Uh, but that aluminum or steel plate, steel would rust, aluminum would not, stainless steel would not. Um, but it'll keep that board straight. The wood will still try to warp, but the uh, steel or um, stainless steel or the aluminum would resist that movement and, and control it. That's, where I would, that's how I would attack it at this point. Okay, well, it's going to be a project taking off all the decking, the railing to get down to that, but I'm sure there's no other way. Well, it, yeah, somehow, and you can, yeah, th- that's an, another issue in itself, but uh, this is where experience counts, and, and frankly, the way I learned it, it's just like this, you know, so experience is nothing more than pre-disastered. <laughs> you got it. Yep. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate your uh, your experience. All right, Glenn, take care. I, I wish you luck with it. Take care. Bye. And and again, it's... it's um, that that's a that's a hard project and when we get deck over uh, or roof over decks you know a deck that builds over a roof i mean you've got to make that thing not leak you've got to still insulate that flat roof uh usually there's a, a, a 
door that steps out onto it. So, you know, the height that we want, you know, we're always, we never have enough height, height to work with so that we're in this wet thing. And then you start upgrading all your materials into stainless steel or aluminum. And boy, then you're off to the races of a, you know, big time uh, budget. Uh, let's see what's happening here with my friend. Uh, how about John? Since we're talking about venting things, uh, John, good afternoon. Welcome Camwax. How can I help? Thank you. Hello. Uh, yeah, I got I got two questions about roof ventilation. Uh-huh. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Okay, the first question is, uh, on the roof, them spinning vents, mm-hmm. uh, I see a lot of people getting up on the roof in the wintertime, and they'll cover them up with plastic. Yep. And I don't think that's necessary. I just think that uh, creates a condensation issue. Uh, Boy, howdy, are you question. right. That, you are 100% correct, and not only does it create condensation, it negates and makes the insulation in their attic worthless because it's wet. Right. Yep. Uh, so, but you see, you see, uh, you see a lot of people doing it with nice, you know, uh, $200,000 homes, even nice yeah. homes. And well, that's the old old German in us. We don't want to let that warm air out that we've already paid to heat. Well, well you that, know, that, there's a that's purpose. That's the theory. That's why they do it. That's exactly probably uh, 9 out of 10. That's why they get on the roof to do it. So they think it's going to keep your home warmer. I don't know if it is or not. Yep. But uh, the second question, you kind of inadvertently answered that uh, uh, talked to your previous caller. These uh, uh, side gable vents on the roof, uh, are they necessary? Because I used to work for uh, a home builder a long time ago. I don't work for them anymore. But uh, they, they, they were, initially they were putting the side gable vents in, but then they stopped doing it. And I asked uh, the son uh, of the uh, owner, well, you know, why they were do- stopped putting uh, vents in. And he said that you don't need them. He said as long as the roof is, is vented at the gable, the top of the roof, that's, that's all you need. Yeah, so. if once we started putting in ridge vents up at the very top there, John, then uh, if you leave the gable end vents or it's built with that, and it's mostly re-roofs, well, people here, I, I, you know, ridge vent is good, just add it, so they add it. But those gable end vents very close to that become the new inlet source of makeup air to go out through those. So they're actually bad on the gable vents. Those have to be closed up and force the inlet, the intake coming from the soffit, the overhang, or down low by the gutters. That's where the well, source so, air so, goes. So, you're, so you don't need them side uh, roof vents in? Not if you have high venting in either pan vents, whirly birds, or ridge venting. High, high okay. exhaust. Okay, because that was... Uh... I, uh, I, I, I kind of thought that you needed them on side vents, but, uh, they, they, uh, 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 they were building brand new homes and they quit putting them in that initially they were put, putting in the side vents and then they stopped. But so you're saying that you, as long as you got a uh, soffit venting and venting at the top of the roof, then that's adequate. That's even better because what that ridge vent does is it forces the inlet cool air coming from low, washes up all that roof sheathing inside, removing all that humidity, and out it goes just like rising up out of a chimney. That's better than just a couple of holes in the side of the gables there. Okay, thank you for your expertise. I appreciate your show, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, John. Uh, sometimes when we get involved in venting some of these roofs, these really involved ones where you've got gable over gable over gable, and then you have a hip here and you have a flat, you know, uh, roof over here, the venting, uh, the where sometimes we remove ventilation 
or cut holes in the attic where people, you know, they put in a vent and they think it's vented, but they never cut the plywood out from when the framers built the house. So there are a lot of things that look like they're doing okay. For example, you hire aluminum. I'm going to have soffits and siding put on my house. Those guys don't do venting. They just cover over that old soffit material with some pretty pre-finished aluminum. Well, you know, there's holes in it. It should be vetted. Uh, It should be vetted. But nine out of ten times it's not. They generally don't take the time. It's a subcontracted thing to where the material is supplied to the job and then a subcontractor shows up and works for the prime contractor, who's the guy that people hired. And, you know, the training doesn't always be there because they can't, they can't control who's doing the work. So that's kind of one of my things with subcontracted work, um, you know, and, and why Mosby Building Arts is built the way we are. Uh, for the most part, we have a lot of people. They're all trained. They're all our employees. We still subcontract trades that are outside and foreign to our skill set, like heating and cooling, things like that. But we have a licensed plumber. We have a licensed electrician. Um, and, and I mentioned earlier, we actually install our own gutters, not because we ever wanted to be in the gutter business. We have a gutter machine because those were the guys that finished the job. And if they're late, our customers are mad. And rightly so. We said we'd be done in two months. Oh, well, the gutter guys can't get there for another month. So it took Mosby three months to do a two-month job. Lo and behold, we now have a gutter machine. Why? Because we hold our schedule. We make promises and we keep them, even if we have to go in the gutter business. So that's kind of how the company has grown. Uh, Let's take a short pause and come back for more on University of KMWX. Scott Mosby here at your service. I'll be right back. Scott Mosby at your service. Uh, Let's fire up and get uh, Bosco generating 50,000 watts and talk to my friend Barbara. Barbara, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMWX. How can I help? Well, I have a, a, star, a full-view storm door over a fiberglass inside door, and in the summer, it gets really hot between the two. Is that going to harm my uh, Does door? that face west? Do you get west-facing yes. sunshine? Yes, uh-huh. Uh, you can actually burn the skin off of your hands if... If you have three or four o'clock afternoon low yep. direct west sun, you have an incredibly highly insulated door. So it will trap that heat. And then if you have a solid glass on it, you will have what's called a solar collector and your doorknob can hit two, three hundred degrees. And I'm not right. kidding. Uh, so there are um, little boots that actually mount on doorknobs and door poles when you get out into, for example, out in the west where you're in a desert and have real high temperature areas and deserts overseas. Uh, The other thing is, is you just put a screen over it or many of these new doors have vents or when we install them, we actually make them non-airtight so that there's a gap at the bottom and a gap at the top, which allows that hot air to vent out. (laughs) Yeah, this should have been a conversation when that storm door went in because I hear you. Oh my gosh! I mean, uh, and and it's common. I mean, and and it's serious. I mean, there are some seriously burnt hands from that. Uh huh. I mean, who would think? You know, you open the door, knock on the door, grab the door. I mean, you're heading to the emergency room. No kidding. Yeah, you're not alone. This is not a rare thing. And uh, even the choice of, you know, you get the now uh, oil rub bronze. Well, the darker the finish is on that doorknob, the hotter that rascal gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, that, you know, that's why you're seeing vented screens and, you know, fixed panels with venting options top and bottom. So we take the screen, put the screen Out. in every summer. 
Yeah, I for and and you know I, I recommend that you know and we have this conversation. It's like well, put the put the glass in in the winter time, because that's when that doorknob when it gets really hot, it might be you know room temperature. Right. Uh, so it's a good thing. But in the summertime, uh, just put the screen in, um, and you know deal with it because at this point you're either um, kind of adapting that door which was made to be airtight into something it really wasn't designed for. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Gotcha. Thanks a lot. You bet. Take care, okay. Barbara. Bye-bye. Bye now. Again, one of those experience things, you know, what matters on experience. It's like, well, how many times did you mess this up already? Well, it only takes once, but the longer you're in, and, and this is kind of the, you know, kind of a corporate, now, this is stuff I learned from my dad. You know, so the business started in 1947, but until we got all these high-tech, uh, high-performance insulated door, you know, you get a storm door, a fiberglass, you know, the R value of those storm or, or the of the prime door you know inch and three quarter thick foam panel kind of a walk-in cooler door those things can be r15 r20 just on the door panel and if you have no glass in it then you know it, it gets it insulates well so the you know and then you paint that door a dark color you have problems with uh, the plastic trims on some of those artificial doors those start to literally melt drip distort uh, bend, uh, shrink. Um, you wind up with ghost lines on the paint around the edges where the caulk was. Uh, it, it's just, believe me, I, I understand it. Well, let's see what's happening here with uh, uh, Marlene. Hey, Marlene, Scott Mosby, how can Hi, I help Scott. you? Hi, Scott. Thank yes, you ma'am. for taking my call. I listen to you often. I have a question about a, um, we need a new roof. Uh, mm-hmm. I only have one, uh, probably from, from one reputable contractor who advertises on KMOX all the time. Okay. We're still waiting for the insurance company to come to send an adjuster out, but we've been told that we need a new roof uh, from wind and uh, hail, and we've already, you know, found shingles in our yard and things. So uh, my question is about a ridge vent. It's a recommended option. Um, install a single ridge vent. Uh, across the roof, is that that raised? Um, yes. It, you, when you look from the street on some of the houses, I can see that it's raised a little bit up at the roof. Yep, it's just a bump on the top of your roof. So do you recommend ridge vents as opposed to the... Uh, um, um, pan, pan vents? The, or... the other square things that are up there, you know, the... Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're called pan vents or static right, vents. Pan or, vents, pan vents, yeah. The yeah. Rig. Do you recommend getting a ridge vent? Um, uh, it depends on the wind situation of your house. Generally, my answer is yes. I really like ridge vents because they are at the very top, the highest point, the apex of the roof. And in rising hot air, it's the highest point to exhaust a roof. So just by the physics of it, I really like ridge vents or venting at the very top. That being said, sometimes there are some neighborhoods, high winds, you live up on a, you know, say up on a a cliff overlooking a river at a high point, you can get winds that drive air, wind, and rain in a ridge vent as well. Sometimes the pan vents become a better situation, but the problem is you wind up with a whole bunch of those pan vents, those metal square things on your roof, and they're not mounted quite as high to the top of the roof as a ridge vent. So ridge vents, always my first choice. Pan vents, second. Sometimes on hip roofs, we wind up with both. 
but either way, make sure that you close off the gable end vents. You cannot add high ventilation without closing off the ends of those gables. Oh, close uh, off gables. the cable. Okay, that's what my husband said we have now is at the ends. And um, yeah. our, our roof has been on quite a while. And uh, anyway, it, it's got to be replaced, but the insurance company has not sent out an adjuster in weeks, and so we're still waiting for that. So uh, how many bids do you think, you know, do you recommend that you get, like, at least two, right? Well, until you're comfortable, because uh, I can look good on a price and sell you the job without doing it correctly. So be very careful. There's so much more. Find somebody you're willing to have a 30-year relationship, because that's what's the deal. So uh, it's it's important. Until you get that partner in that roof, then keep looking. Mosby, see you next week.